Hello and welcome to Adam Analyzes. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. This week's episode is about a film that I had zero expectations for. I know that it charted well critically as on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 91% approval rating from critics which as we know is never a good or bad thing. Because where a critic may like a movie, I or an audience may dislike it. But either way, it was released back in September of last year, and I feel like I kind of missed this one in theaters. It feels like it would have been a pretty good theater experience, but as it stands, I watched this one at home on HBO Max. Thankfully, with everything that HBO is pulling off of their service, they are still adding things, which is surprising because it seems like they're trying to gut and kill the HBO Max service. A little side note, this is my issue with streaming and streaming services, and it makes it all the more strange that all these networks that own these streaming services are pulling off their own content. I can't imagine that these things that they have on their streaming service are actually costing them a lot. However, I do know that maybe the people involved with said shows that are being removed would likely be getting some money from the streams. But that's another conversation for another day. And what do I know? I'm just a guy with a tiny podcast that has opinions that some people like to hear. Anyway, before we get too far off topic, as I myself am very passionate about the streaming arguments as well as physical media, I am a big supporter of physical media, I think it's time that I regain my focus and we get to tonight's film. So, it's that time as we announce tonight's movie. Starring Georgina Campbell, Justin Long, Bill Skarsgård, and Matthew Patrick Davis. This is the 2022 Zack Kreger directed Barbarian. Barbarian tells the story of Tess, who is staying at an Airbnb in a rough part of the Detroit area. She's in town for a job interview and finds that her Airbnb is already occupied by Keith, who is played by Bill Skarsgård. Tess decides to reluctantly stay since she really does have nowhere to go and there is some sort of doctor's convention, which means all the hotels in the general area likely have no vacancy. Surprisingly, Tess and Keith actually hit it off that night and she finds that he's actually not a bad guy. However, as her stay at this particular Airbnb continues, she finds out that this home hides some surprisingly dark secrets. It should be stated before I actually start talking about this one, if you have any interest in seeing Barbarian, I highly recommend going into it knowing little to nothing about this one. So I'm going to try to avoid some spoilers, but they may be unavoidable. If you do want to go and check this out and go in with an open mind and wondering if I actually like this one, Yes, I did enjoy this one. It came as a complete surprise, and I was glad that I didn't really know anything about the movie. So, here we go. If you haven't seen it, and you hear spoilers, you have been warned. From the opening moments of Barbarian, I was reminded of all those times that I have stayed in an Airbnb. I always wondered about the people that 
are hosting these Airbnbs, especially if they're present in the home that I'm staying in. Also, the fact that our main character, Tess, has some issues with the lockbox initially, uh, it really did bring back those memories and made me think about where we actually stay and how we're comfortable in staying in an unfamiliar place just because it might be cheaper than an actual hotel room. The other thing that ran through my head when I was watching this, especially in these opening scenes, what would I do if there was actually somebody that was occupying my Airbnb that I rented? Would I actually go in and stay like Tess does? Or would I decide that I'm just going to sleep in my car if nothing else is available? From the start, I feel like our lead here, I feel like she makes some very bonehead moves. I don't know if it was exactly wise for her to actually stay with the character of Keith. He seems overly nice, however, what if it was him orchestrating this whole situation? I would imagine things like double bookings actually do happen. And it is interesting to see Tess actually go and say that if the shoe was on the other foot, she would not actually let Keith in, that he would have to go showing how men and women will handle a situation differently. It's actually an interesting statement from Tess, specifically because she breaks her own rules. She could have simply escaped later in the film, but instead she wants to go and help someone that she doesn't even know, which could actually lead to her demise. The other thing that ran through my mind too when Tess and Keith are more or less hitting it off is this would make for a romantic comedy or even a Hallmark film. So it was just interesting to me that you could actually take the story and bring it into a different genre in general. The movie Barbarian itself is structured almost in three acts. We feel like we're getting three miniature movies in one film. I would have to say that the first act, first episode of Barbarian, if you would like to call it that, is probably the strongest. It does a good job of rising tension throughout. And this is where I feel like the movie itself is very different in its structure. I wasn't expecting it to all of a sudden have a hard shift and go into another storyline that at first makes it feel like it's part of a completely different movie and different story and it does it in a very unique way of weaving it into the first act and later the third act. Director Zach Krager weaves all of these different storylines pretty effortlessly throughout the entire film. And it honestly gave me a very unique experience that I haven't experienced in a film in quite a long time, if ever. I really did like that three-act structure, considering I am a big fan of anthology films, and it almost gave me that anthology film type of feeling. A lot of the newer anthology films have those little interlocking connective tissues throughout the different stories, and it honestly works here. It does feel almost like a modern anthology film. That is actually really well done. It's incredibly well directed, and practically has a classic horror film feel about it, while giving us something that feels entirely new in the process even if it's not exactly new, but at least it's original. The second story mostly focuses on Justin Long and his financial ruin. 
as he's a movie producer that maybe uses his power in ways that he shouldn't. And that's where Barbarian incorporates a little bit of the Me Too campaign, as it appears that Justin Long's character of AJ is being accused of rape. Of course, he denies this, and we're never quite sure until later in the film of whether he actually did or didn't do this. But he has strong accusations against him, and he decides to go to one of his Airbnb rental properties, which just so happens to be the same one that Tess and Keith were staying at. As the second story unravels, we see more of what's going on and more of the creature that lurks in an underground tunnel underneath the house that would simply just be called the mother. She treats anybody that she finds as her child. You also see later that this character known as the mother who murders as well as nurtures her victims is a product of incest. As we just don't have the character of the mother, but we also have a character that I'm going to call the father, who has recordings of all of his various victims that he abducted and raped. The character of AJ is actually shown the brutality of rape on screen. Thankfully, us as the viewer is not shown this. And his disgusted reaction makes us think that maybe he didn't do what he is being accused of. But along the way, we find out that Tess is still alive, and she makes the effort to save AJ and not just herself. So she goes back a little bit on what she was saying about with not wanting to help anyone out, and yet later in the film, we are shown that AJ would be willing to sacrifice Tess just to save himself. Is this a man and woman idea as far as handling situations differently? I don't know. The movie does try to make that argument. However, I really feel that the character of AJ is just a narcissistic jerk who's only out for himself, which makes the reveal later in the film and his own admission not all that surprising. The film in its third act does lead to more or less a bit of a chase scene, keeping up the intensity that was established early on in the film. We find that the character of the mother simply does want to just be a mother, and the ending is strangely sympathetic to the character, even though she does actually conduct some pretty brutal killings throughout the film you wind up getting the feeling that it's out of rejection. The last moments of Barbarian, as I stated, are surprisingly sympathetic to the character of the mother and shows that she would be willing to give her own life just to save another that she would consider her child. You could do a deeper dive and say that this is a bond between females in general, or you can also just see it as a mother trying to do what's best by their child. For me personally, I feel that it's the mother and child bond and trying to do what's best for the child and the mom would be willing to sacrifice themselves. That's how I viewed it. I did read a reaction as far as the ending and the female author of the article that I read tried to make it as a statement with the bond between women and I can see that, I guess, but I really didn't take it in that way. 
most of the supporting evidence is that we only see the mother kill the men in the film. So that with the bond between women idea, that is someone else's thoughts, not necessarily mine. However, I did want to bring it to light here because it is a different interpretation than what I got. And that honestly is the brilliance of film. We can watch it and get a completely different feeling and idea about the same scenes. One of the big things in this film, I think that it was pretty well acted. I was surprised by the one that actually played the mother, which is played by a man, with actor and singer Matthew Patrick Davis. The prosthetics used are absolutely incredible, since mother is running around naked all of the time. Not only that, what he brought to the role with a bit of sincerity, as well as the brutality, it was super, super impressive. And I have to say that it was one of the best performances in the film, even though Georgina Campbell as Tess did a great job as well. Justin Long really did have a role that fit him. No, I don't think that he's that much of a jerk in real life. However, he's great at playing these types of roles and that's another one that was perfectly cast. As much as this film feels like a classically styled horror film, with all of the tension throughout, it really made the brutality and violence on screen pop. And it was somewhat on the ridiculous side, which I didn't mind. It was somewhat humorous with the way it was presented. However, it was also very cringe-inducing as well because Mother really knew how to dish out some punishment on people. We got to see a guy get beat by his own ripped-off arm in this film, along with a brutal head smash. And also, someone gets completely ripped in half. The film never shies away from showing us those brutal moments but it does show a surprising amount of restraint. So that's all the more interesting that some of those more brutal as well as comedic moments really kind of gel perfectly with this movie. And I guess you have to sort of adjust your expectations and maybe your mindset to enjoy it. But I feel I was probably in the right mindset to actually enjoy this one. Even with characters making some stupid, stupid moves, it didn't really deter my enjoyment of this. It was just a, oh my god, why are you doing that type of feeling. Add to the fact that this Airbnb was in a sketchy part of town and you had somebody already there, I could really relate to a lot of this stuff. Barbarian really was a surprise for me. It was one of those films that I went in with no expectations. All I knew was it was supposed to be a pretty good movie. I know my coworker straight up said that they hated it. And I honestly think that it was a good movie. It's peppered with some modern flourishes throughout and that may date it later. However, Maybe it'll make people think back to a certain time and era when a lot of the things such as the Me Too movement went on and occurred. It's not something that should necessarily be forgotten. However, as we know, some were accused when they shouldn't have been. Is this something that should have been 100% integral into the story of Barbarian? I would have to say yes, because it made it have a little bit more substance than being just a straight ahead horror film. 
as it stands, even with taking that out, it's a well-acted, well-directed, and somewhat well-written film that gives a unique spin on things that we may have seen before. I can understand why this one appeared on a lot of horror movie journalism sites as well as YouTube channels as one of the best of the year for 2022 because, well, it was. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. And if you don't do the whole social media thing and would like to reach out to me, you can do so at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying my podcast, why not tell a friend about it? Tell two friends for that matter. Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five-star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice, as that will help me reach new listeners as well as continue to create new content. Plus, I simply love those digital hugs. But with that being said, remember to always be kind and good night.